Hey there, Sports History fan. Arnie Chapman here from the Sports History Network. Now, before you jump into this episode, I wanted to share with you an exciting giveaway we have going on with Homefield Apparel. We have a digital $50 gift card to homefieldapparel.com for one lucky fan of the Sports History Network. All you got to do is head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways to sign up. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash giveaways. This is Basketball History 101 with Rick Loiza. Welcome back to Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network. I am your host, Rick Loiza, and this is the podcast where we bring to life some of the forgotten stories from basketball history. And today we're going to talk about Nate Thurman. He's one of the most underrated superstars of his era. Unless you are a history aficionado like we are, you may not have heard of him. So let me just list for you a few of his notable accomplishments. He made seven All-Star games. He made the All-Defensive team five times. He made the All-Rookie first team. He was named one of the NBA's 50 greatest players back in 1996. His number 42 is retired by the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is one of only four players to ever pull down 40 or more rebounds in a single game. He finished second in the MVP voting in 1967 behind his former teammate Will Chamberlain. He is also in the Hall of Fame and he was the first of only four players to have ever officially recorded a quadruple double. So why is he not talked about more? When you hear people talk about their list of the best players of all time or even just the best centers of all time, you almost never hear about Nate Thurman. And I understand why. The guy retired in 1977. I mean, you have to be born in the mid-1960s or earlier to even remember seeing him on TV. Again, that is why we do this show, to help keep these stories alive and to remember those great players from the past. And today, our spotlight is on Nate Thurman. He was born on July 25, 1941 in Akron, Ohio. He would grow to a height of 6'11", or 211 centimeters. While playing at Central High School in Akron, he was a teammate of another future NBA player and future Hall of Famer, Gus Johnson. Can you imagine how that school dominated with two future Hall of Famers on the same team? It's just incredible. As you can imagine, he was a much sought after player by universities all over the country. He was offered a scholarship to Ohio State University the most prestigious school in the state of Ohio. But he knew that he would go there to be the backup for their superstar, Jerry Lucas, another future Hall of Famer. But he didn't want to be a backup, so he chose Bowling Green University, also in Ohio. At Bowling Green, he was an All-American and a three-time All-Conference selection, and he positioned himself to be a high draft pick for the NBA. The San Francisco Warriors drafted him with the third pick in the first round of the 1963 draft. Some thought it was an unusual selection because the Warriors already had Wilt Chamberlain who played the same position. Wilt had just come off a season where he averaged 45 points a game and played 46 minutes per game. That's right, I said 45 points per game for Wilt Chamberlain. It didn't seem like Thurman would even see the court very much. 
When owner Eddie Gottlieb was asked why he drafted a center when he already had one, Gottlieb said simply, he was the best player available. The Warriors also knew that Thurman had the skill to play the power forward position alongside Chamberlain, which is exactly what happened. They put two future Hall of Fame big men on the court at the same time. The Warriors had the original NBA Twin Towers lineup. And with the defensive-minded Thurman on the squad, it allowed Chamberlain to focus even more on the offense. And the Warriors went all the way to the NBA Finals that year, but lost to Bill Russell and the Boston Celtics. The following year, Will Chamberlain was traded to the Philadelphia 76ers, and Thurman was able to slide over to his natural position of center where his game blossomed. He went from scoring 7 points and grabbing 10 rebounds per game alongside Chamberlain to his second year where he scored 16 points and grabbed 18 rebounds per game without Chamberlain there. In his third season in the NBA, the 1965-66 season, he joined Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, and Jerry Lucas to be the only players at the time to ever record 40 or more rebounds in a single game. And yes, that is the same Jerry Lucas that he would have been the backup for if he had gone to Ohio State. These are still the only four players who have ever recorded that many rebounds in a single game. Will Chamberlain did it many times, but the most recent time he did it was in March of 1969 when he played for the Lakers and it took him until overtime to get there against the Boston Celtics in Bill Russell's final season. So since that game, no NBA player has gotten 40 or more rebounds in a single game. That's over 50 years ago. That's how hard it is to do. But let's get into the specifics of Thurman's accomplishment. The game was on November 9th, 1965. It was a home game for the Warriors against the Detroit Pistons. Thurman did not shoot well that night. He was only 6 for 17 from the field and an awful 6 for 13 from the line for a total of 18 points. But he grabbed those 42 rebounds and still helped the team win 107 to 102. It was an outstanding effort on his part. And even with games like that and an otherwise high level of consistent play, he was regularly overshadowed by Chamberlain and Bill Russell, who were considered the best two players in the league at the center position. Even though he is deservingly in the Hall of Fame now, during his career he was never the best player at his position in any season that he played. There was always at least one other center that was considered better. But when Bill Russell retired in 1969, people thought that Thurman was finally going to get the attention that he deserved. But unfortunately for Thurman, a sensational rookie joined the league that following year who would eventually change his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It's almost like he couldn't win. However, both Wilt and Kareem said that Thurman was one of the greatest defensive players the league has ever seen. And those opinions carry a lot of weight. But through it all, Thurman continued to make all-star game appearances and make all defensive teams regularly. He began to average 20 points and 20 rebounds per game and often dominated his opposition. He went back to the NBA Finals in 1967 with Rick Barry on the team, but they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers led by his former teammate Will Chamberlain. After 11 years the Warriors, the Chicago Bulls traded for him because they wanted someone solid at the center position. 
Back then in the NBA, nearly every champion had an elite player at the center position. It was considered the formula for winning championships. And that's what Chicago wanted, an elite center to give them the best opportunity to win a championship. And this is where we get to his quadruple double. And I'll share that story right after this break. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Welcome back to the show. And now let's get to the story of that quadruple double. It happened in his very first game with the Chicago Bulls. It was on October 18, 1974, in a home game against the Atlanta Hawks. The starting lineup for Chicago featured Thurman alongside another future Hall of Famer, Chet Walker. The other three starters all became NBA head coaches. Matt Gukas, Jerry Sloan, and Rick Adelman. On that night, while playing 45 minutes, Thurman recorded 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 12 blocked shots. And yet, despite that impressive individual performance, the Bulls had to go to overtime to defeat the Hawks that night, and they were led by John Drew and Dean Meminger. The final score was 120 to 115 in favor of the Bulls. The unfortunate thing is that in all my research, I could not find any video on this game anywhere. If the NBA has any video, it's not available on their streaming service right now. Otherwise, I definitely would have watched it. Now, this is not to take anything away from, from what Thurman did. Getting a quadruple double is an absolutely incredible feat. But he also benefited from the fact that steals and blocked shots were not recorded by the NBA as an official statistic until the season before. Prior to 1973, the NBA simply did not track those categories. Now, some teams kept those statistics unofficially just for their own use. So it is possible that earlier players could have had a quadruple double, but it would have been unofficially. According to some old unofficial box scores, Will Chamberlain had three quadruple doubles during the 1960s. Bill Russell had one in 1961, according to an old Celtics unofficial box score. Again, not to take anything away from Thurman, it is an incredible feat that so few players have accomplished and he deserves credit for the first official one. The only other players who have an official quadruple double are Alvin Robertson, David Robinson, and Akeem Olajuwon. Thurman retired with over 14,000 points and 14,000 rebounds. After playing his final two seasons for the Cleveland Cavaliers, he retired after 14 seasons in the NBA. Even though he retired in his home state of Ohio, he decided to come back to San Francisco where he played most of his career. He opened up a restaurant called Big Nate's Barbecue. After 20 years of running it, he sold it and retired for good. The new owner wasn't able to keep it alive, and the restaurant went out of business. But with the opening of the new Chase Center, where the Golden State Warriors now play their home games, the Warriors have decided to reopen Big Nate's Barbecue as one of the food options within the arena and I think that's a great tribute to one of their legends. Unfortunately, Thurman passed away in 2016 at the age of 74, but he did live long enough to see the Warriors win the championship in 2015, and 
he was honored as a special guest at the championship parade. So, whenever you hear a list of the best centers in NBA history or the best defenders in NBA history, make sure that Nate Thurman is part of that conversation. He's earned it. And just to make things easier for you, I have included a link in the description to a highlight video about Nate Thurman that you will definitely want to check out. So that's it for this episode. Join us next week when we go way back in time to the 1930s to talk about one of the great barnstorming teams of the first 50 years of basketball, the South Philadelphia Hebrew Association, or the SPAs for short. That's next time on Basketball History 101, part of the Sports History Network, the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com to find out more about this and other sports history podcasts. If you like what you hear, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Also, go ahead and give us a rating and a review, and that will help others to find this podcast more easily. Check out our page on Facebook. It's called Basketball History 101 Podcast. There you will find shorter historical posts as well as comments and discussion starters on today's game. I'll also announce there when new episodes come out. I want to thank my producer and editor, Jacob Loiza. Join us each week as we continue to mine the history of basketball for more great stories from the past. And don't forget to check out sportshistorynetwork.com for more information on my podcast and the rest of the podcasts on our network. Take care and see you soon. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. This is Mark Mortier, and if you're a sports history fan like me, tune in and hear me talk about some great sports moments of the past. Growing up during the 1970s, I got to watch some of the most iconic moments in sports history. Hank Aaron breaking Babe Ruth's home run record. Willis Reed limping out of the locker room in Game 7 of the NBA Finals at Madison Square Garden as the fans erupted with a thunderous ovation. The 1980 Miracle on Ice as Team USA defeated the powerful Soviet Union in the Olympics. Listen every Tuesday on Yesterday's Sports. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.